right. We are live. I want to welcome everybody to the Church Lies podcast. I'm your host, Ernest Wills, a.k.a. E-Dub, and I'm joined with my co-host. Hey, I just want to make sure that I sound better. Last time I uh, sounded like I was three feet away from the device, so I just want to make sure that I uh, sound good. I think you you sound good. I can I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, cool. All right. Now time for so, me to go back three feet away from the phone. <laughs> we we don't we don't need to hear what you got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm just hearing the background noise. Right, right. All right. So before we get started with today's episode, I want to go over some of the uh, platforms where you can hear us, where you can hear this uh, church lies episode. Uh, we are currently on Anchor. We are also on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. So you can find us on all of those platforms. And if you don't know, this is the Church Lies Podcast. This is a podcast where we expose the lies of the church one scripture at a time. And today we are going to do Salvation Part Two. We started off last week talking about. Does being saved mean you go to heaven when you die? And we expose that lie and expose uh, all of those fallacies that, you know, are held in church. And we use the scripture to do it. You know, this this podcast, we use the scripture to expose the lies. And so today is being saved. Part two is faith enough. So, Ismail, I want you to talk a little bit about what you have been told as far as getting into heaven or getting into the kingdom and what you, what you need, what is required. Yeah. That's essentially what I've been told is um, pretty much the entryway. And the only way uh, is pretty much quoting, um, quoting Jesus when he says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one can enter into the kingdom except through me. And then tying that in with Romans, um, where it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from his dead, you shall be saved. And mm-hmm. and essentially, that's where it ends. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's just a confession and complete faith. And there's no works behind it. There's no uh, guidelines to it. It's just, if you do this, then this happens. Right. And then, of course, um, uh, whenever you hear saved, it's all it's all it's immediately you go to heaven it's like a get out of like i think i said this last episode it's like a get out of hell free card Mm -hmm. no matter what you did in your life as long as you do this then you'll be saved from hellfire and everything's happy and i'm like i i always thought that there was something more that i needed to do because it felt like this this is way too easy this doesn't make sense like i even after um essentially learning more about the word paying attention to other cultures and how they do it it um highlights how not only is there a faith portion but there's also a guideline portion like a law portion a work portion mm-hmm. whereas essentially you don't you earn your salvation essentially you don't mm-hmm. it's not just given to you flippantly like oh yeah you know all you got to do is just sign on the dotted line and that's it and then that's it that's over the end mm-hmm. it's like you actually got to do a, B, C, D, E, and all of that stuff. The, the, there's a certain requirement, and that requirement 
is more than faith. For myself, it was always John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that means all you got to do is believe. And that means that if you believe, when you die, you're going to be in heaven with so we we talked about this before the before the podcast. Most people call the Savior Jesus. We're not gonna call him Jesus because that wasn't his name. That's an entirely different episode, an entirely different um series. So, so we'll, yeah, they, subject. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll either refer to him as his original name, which was Yahusha, a Hebrew name, or Savior or Messiah, something like that. But we're not gonna use the name Jesus and we'll get into why in a completely different time podcast down in the future. But basically, right. if you confess with your mouth uh Yahusha and believe that you know he died and got up, then you're gonna be saved, which means you go to heaven. And so those scriptures, like you said, Romans 10, 19, John 3, 16, all you have to do is believe. And so we're gonna show today how there are a lot more requirements than just belief and we're also going to show that belief cannot be established without action it can't belief can't be established without action in church it's equated to like so when you're talking to somebody hey do you believe that you know the savior came and he died on the cross for your sins you say yeah i believe that Oh, that that's good. That means you're, you're, you're saved. That means you're going to go to heaven when you die. That means you're all good. doesn't matter. Whatever happens after this, if you confess, you know, your sins, you're good to go. But because you believe that with your mind, then you're good. Whereas the scripture is clear, as we're going to show you, there are some actions that you need to take. And we're also going to show you that that entrance into the kingdom and eternal life does not happen upon death. Eternal life is not even in existence currently. That's something that happens in the future. And we're going to show you guys that today on this podcast. All right. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Let's oh, get yeah. into it. Oh, yeah. Just to um, elaborate on our last episode of um, like pretty much our yeah our last episode when we first talked about this when we brought up the concept of precepts mm-hmm. because going forward we're definitely going to be uh using a lot of like pretty much going into verses that have precepts Absolutely. i want you to i want to actually provide you all with the book the chapter and the verse where that where it talks about that right. and that is in isaiah uh chapter 28 verse 10 and in that chapter pretty much in that um in that book it states let's see 28 verse 10 i'll what, start at what version 10. are you reading from i am reading from the well i read the sefer so um, okay. you can read the king james version and it's pretty much a a likened translation so it starts with um i'm starting at verse nine it says so okay. whom shall he teach knowledge And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. 
four with foreign lips, I'm going to um, essentially 11. Four with foreign mm -hmm. lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? So that's pretty much um, where, where we got the, like pretty much the concept of precepts. Okay. And, and to elaborate a little bit more upon that, um, line upon line, here a little, there a little, basically what Isaiah is saying is that if there is something that is established in, in the scripture, you will not only find it in one location. It will be, there will be another line in the scripture connecting it. There will be another precept in the scripture connecting it. There will be another concept in the scripture connecting it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to make those connections with the scripture concerning salvation, concerning eternal life, concerning entering into the kingdom and concerning the requirements to enter into the kingdom. Because there are some scriptures that we that we use in church and say, well, because it says this, this is what it means without looking at the rest of the word and connecting that scripture with the rest of the word to make sure that this is what it means or that it doesn't have an, another meaning. Okay, remember, we're not doing our own personal interpretation of scripture. We are interpreting the scripture the way it was supposed to be understood. Okay, so um, as far as precepts go, the first thing that we're going to get into, we have, we have to address this because you, you really can't address this. Um, you can't address the requirements of getting into the kingdom without first understanding that the kingdom of heaven is not, it, it, it already exists, but it does not exist here on earth. And that is what's coming in the future according to the word. Remember what we call the quote unquote Lord's prayer. Our father who art in heaven, or hallowed be thy name, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's literally saying the way heaven is, that is the way earth is supposed to be. The way it is in the kingdom of heaven, that's how it is supposed to be on earth. Let that come, let that take place. And that prayer will come to pass, but it will come to pass at the end of this age and we are already at that place in time so let's get into eternal life so the lot that we're going to talk about as far as eternal life goes is that eternal life is not something that you possess when you die it is the physical kingdom that is here on this earth at the end of this age okay and so we're going to get into some scriptures so we got quite a few scriptures uh, yeah. on this concept and so we're going to try to get through all of them so that we can get into the faith part what is faith alone uh, required so first scripture is Mark chapter 10 verse 30 okay and so uh, Yahushua is talking to his disciples about what they had to sacrifice in order to get into the kingdom right so he says uh, these shall not receive I'm sorry, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, talking about this present earth age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands, including persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. And so if we look at the context of that scripture, let me let me go look it up real quick. We're looking at Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. Mm -hmm. And he actually said this in... Um, other gospels he said it in luke chapter 18 but we're going to read mark 10 uh for this instance and so we're going to go down to um 
what's possible. And so he's talking to his disciples about how hard it is to get into the kingdom. Can a rich man get into the kingdom? And, you know, Peter was saying, well, who can be saved then? And Yahushua's response was, with men it's impossible, but with Elohim all things are possible. And he says, Peter said, well, we left everything. And his reply was, I promise you, there's no one who has left a house, brother, sister, mother, father, wife, children, lands for my sake. There's no one who has done this in this life where you won't receive a hundredfold of all of that stuff in the life to come. Plus persecution. You're going to lose those things and be persecuted. And you're going to receive these things in the age to come. But what does the scripture say? In the age to come, eternal life. So he's saying clearly that eternal life is the age to come. It's not something that you get when you die. It is not something that you get when you die. It is something that is inherited. Okay? And we're going to go yeah. a, a little bit more into that. I'm, um, I'm glad that you brought up the word inheritance because, yeah. you, like, even with, when it comes to just how church is, there's a there's a really big focus on inheritance. I mean, you mm -hmm. see, like, from our songs to um, some of the uh, sermons that we hear, is a, it has a lot to do with inheritance. Like, mm -hmm. your inheritance. What, what was that one song? <laughs> you know, you know the song? <laughs> it's yours! It's yours! <laughs> Get your inheritance! That one. I can't even remember that song. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a head and a tail, a bone yeah. and not yep. beef. All and stuff that's out of context in the Old Testament, you know. Yeah, and a lot of songs pretty much take bits and pieces of different verses mm -hmm. and just say, all right, we got a song now. And it's like, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 okay, all right, right, whatever. The sound was good, though. It right. does sound good. <laughs> but but that, that concept of inheritance, that is something that you get in the kingdom. And we're going to show how that's true in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The, uh, the next scripture that we're going to look at is Daniel. So everybody knows, most people in church know the story of Daniel and the lion's den. That's the main story that, that they tell. That's pretty much where it stops. <laughs> they, Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. He was, and he had dreams. <laughs> and he said, they saved him. Elohim saved him from, from the lion's den. Well, Daniel had a, did a lot more than that. Daniel, Daniel is an extremely important prophet in the word for, for um, the children of Israel's captivity in Babylon and the end times, okay? And so we're going to get into some of the things that he was told in the end times uh, concerning the scriptures and getting into the kingdom, all right? So um, we're looking at Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. So he's talking about a specific people, not Christians. Interesting. Not everybody. Not everybody, just his people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as has never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Now, we talked about how being saved literally means being delivered from trouble. So right. the salvation is this time of trouble that we are delivered from. We're still living in the time of trouble. 
and the time of trouble is going to continue to get worse. This COVID, the, the protests, the anger, the, the frustration, the, the riots, that, that, and the stuff that's happening, not just here in America, but worldwide, these things will continue to take place and things will continue to get worse, okay, until the end, according to the scripture. So if we keep going, he says, at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever. So he's saying once again, this is the angel Michael saying to Daniel that at the end of that wicked time, there is going to be a resurrection where those who are dead and in the earth get up. Some of them, when they get up, they will go to eternal life. That means they did not have eternal life when they were dead. Right. Their spirit was not living in the afterlife. That's, that's simply is not the case. Eternal life is something that is to come. Okay. And then look at what he says at the end of uh, the chapter in verse 13. But, but you, Daniel, go your way until the end, talking about the end of time, for you shall rest or sleep and you will arise to your inheritance when at the end of days. Oh, another thing, mm -hmm. which is important to stress, go to verse two again uh. and where it says, um, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth mm -hmm. shall awake, some to ever, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Mm -hmm. That means that not everybody is getting in. Right. <laughs> this right. is not a get out of hell free card like we've been sold. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's getting into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Even the people who are part of his people right not everybody's getting in right so we're over here thinking that you know ayo like in the in the uh, thought process of having a club ayo my name's written down on the list i go to the vip section because i know the dude that's in the vip section who's messiah oh yeah i know the messiah oh yeah um, I know him. We, we cool. So I can, my name already on that list because I believe. So I can just go to the VIP section. Not even realizing um, <laughs> that the bouncer is the Messiah. Right. And if your name not isn't written on that list, you ain't getting in. Right. <laughs> you being in a, uh, hanging out from outside of the club, or in right. this case, the kingdom. And, and that that's where we don't want to be. That's where we don't want our people to be. But it, Ismail is 100% correct. Every, everybody's not going to get this. Everybody's not going to understand this. Everybody's not going to understand the word. Everybody's not going to come together and we're all going to have a kumbaya moment. That's not going to happen. He said he will separate the wheat from the tear. He said, I will gather my sheep on one side. I will gather the goats on the other. He's coming to separate. The separation is already starting. That's why people are already starting to leave the church. That's why people are already saying, you know what? He just ain't real. The separation is already starting. It, 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 this isn't about trying to get everybody. It's about getting those who have an ear to hear. 
We're going to say what needs to be said to everyone, but only those who have an ear to hear will listen. What did he say? He said, many are called. He called out to everybody, but only a few were chosen because only a few responded. Right. And so this is about getting to those who are going to respond to his word, to what his word says, and that aren't going to follow just things that they've just simply been told in church. So once again, he's very clear about eternal life being at the end. OK, we got to move because we about 20 minutes in. We got quite a few things to get through. So yeah. and, uh, and go ahead. stress is to the end. It's mm -hmm. not to the end of your life. Right. It is to the end of age. Right. Just the end of time. It's not right. the end of your life. It's not the end of your time. Right. <laughs> it is the end of time. Right. So just Absolutely. wanted to put that out there. Absolutely. So uh, what I want to do is let's let's stay in Daniel. Um, so let's go to Daniel 2. So we're not going to read all of Daniel 2. But in your spare time, please read the entirety of Daniel 2. Basically, what Daniel 2 is, is Daniel is, is uh, interpreting the dream from Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And the dream goes, he, he saw a, a huge statue. The head was gold. The chest was silver. The, uh, his waistband and his, his knees were, were bronze. And his, uh, the bottom of his legs was iron. And in his feet was a mixture of clay and iron. And he saw a stone cut from the sky. And uh, it came down like a, like a comet and destroyed the statue. And then that stone became a mountain that, came, that uh, spread out throughout the whole earth. So basically, Daniel's interpretation was uh, the gold represented him, the king of Babylon, a present day king. The silver represents another kingdom, which if you do your research, you'll see that that's Persia. The uh, bronze was another kingdom, which was Greece. The iron was Rome. So these are all physical kingdoms. The last kingdom that he saw, he said it would be strong and weak. That's why it was iron mixed with clay. It was strong in some pieces, weak in, in other pieces. That's the kingdom that we are in right now. We are in a kingdom that is divided. Nations are divided. Groups are divided. Ethnicities are divided. Political ideologies, they're all divided. That's where we're in right now. And what he saw was a stone cut from heaven. And that stone destroyed all of those kingdoms and they were no longer there. And this mountain became a kingdom and it ruled the whole earth. This is the kingdom of heaven. So it's not that we have all of these physical kingdoms and then at the return of the Savior, he just gathers us up and we go up in the air. It is a kingdom down here. This earth will become the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And it will spread throughout the whole world, like the scripture yeah. says. What sense would it make for him to bring you up just for you just for you to come right back down? There there oh, isn't there isn't anything in the scripture that says that. Right. It, it, eternal life is the kingdom that is to come here in the earth. Okay? It is, it is a kingdom that is coming in the future. And how do we know that? Well, if I look in Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1, this is John speaking. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth 
passed away and there was no more sea. So he's literally saying that the earth that he saw, it went away and a new heaven and earth came down from heaven and was now on the earth. And so he's showing clearly that this world that we're living in now, at the end of time, it will pass away. And then he goes on to say, then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So again, we have the city, Jerusalem, which was destroyed. It's coming down out of heaven as a bride who prepared herself for her children. And that bride who prepared herself is coming down in this realm. It's not staying up there in the heavens. We're not going up to Jerusalem. And it's important that we understand that this is physical because it makes the connection of the uh, physical salvation that we talked about before. We as a people are going to go through hardships on this, until this time comes. This is our salvation. It is a physical salvation. We are going to deal with the, this oppression from the system. We are going to deal with this oppression from people who don't like us, who have power over us. We're going to deal with that until he comes and saves us physically from it. Yeah, we're going to deal and with that, that. And that's something that. um, That's another thing that I've noticed, at least with being brought up, um, that I never quite understood mm -hmm. because. um. We would, we would always get, oh, you know, we're being persecuted. You see all of these terrible things happening to us all across the world. And I'm looking around like, like what? Right. <laughs> it seems like, seems like we have a pretty good here. Right. Like in terms of like different religions, I see other people being persecuted. And then they'll point to, well, this missionary in this remote location, he, he got persecuted for being a Christian. Oh, it looks like he got persecuted because he shouldn't have been over there. Right. Okay, wow. look at this um, this this incident over here in this Muslim nation. He was being persecuted. Okay, uh, but it sounds to me like this verse is saying that anybody who essentially takes this up and uh, what he's saying is going to be persecuted. And you saying this um, this one instance when essentially a vast majority of people believe in this. America and other places don't experience what he's what that person is going through. Right. Um, it, I'm kind of getting lost because this it doesn't line up. Right. One one of and, one of the things. My sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was just one of the one of those things where I'm just like that doesn't make sense. It's like you keep saying that we're being persecuted, but it seems to me that we're it's either we're not being persecuted or we're doing the persecute thing. Right. And that's something that, that you know, not real for it, that a lot of people don't want to admit to. Mm -hmm. Like we, like when you look throughout history, and you just see the actions of the church throughout history from the yeah. Inquisition. Like I'm sure there were more atrocities back then. I'm just starting from the Inquisitions right. onward, and just the sheer amount of wickedness that mm -hmm. they commit in the name mm -hmm. of quote unquote God, mm -hmm. even writing. Even writing to coming down to writing paper, writing paperwork saying, "Hey, yeah, we can do this because God wills it," mm -hmm. and it was like, "There's nothing to back this at all outside of your word." Right. That's it. 
and it's not even God's word. It's your word. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we can these people into slavery because you know we we said so. It was literally um, we're the church and we say so rules. And nowadays we look back on that. And we're like, you know what, the church was bad, but it's good now. You know, it's all good now. It's like that that there's there's something that's not correlating because mm-hmm. when you look in current day. Christians aren't being persecuted, even when stuff in politics. Right. People claim that you're being persecuted. There ain't no persecution. That's but just somebody wrong. is getting persecuted. Who's who's getting persecuted right now? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's the one constant thing about uh, America is that uh, uh, the persecution of black people is about as American as apple pie mm-hmm. and racism. Mm-hmm. No, no matter where we are all over the world, we are persecuted. Yeah. And, and I, I was talking to one of my, my buddies about that. I said, I've never been persecuted for being a Christian, but I, I've, I've always been persecuted for being black. There was a time where I pulled up. Uh, I was uh, dating my wife at the time when she was in college. And this this white guy was honking behind me. And I, I thought there was plenty of room uh, in the street to drive past. And so I just I sat there. And he pulled up next to me and he starts going off. You MF monkey, take your effing monkey A back to Africa. I mean, he's going in. And I blacked out. My seatbelt was on. I was trying to take my seatbelt off so I can get out of the car and just go in on this dude. I mean, the only thing that stopped me was Carrie was grabbing me and holding me and yelling, don't, don't do it, Ernest. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I mean, he's going in. There were other times when I was in college. Uh, people, I'd be the only black person in my class. People didn't want to talk to me. Every time to partner up, nobody wanted to partner with me. It was one time I was walking to class and uh, a group of like seven or eight um, white people were in the middle of the hallway. And as soon as I walked up, I wasn't going to talk to them. I was just walking through. As soon as I walked up, they stopped, stared at me, and just stared at me as I, as I walked through as if they was talking about black people while I was walking by. You know, and man, there's so many things that I could say about my family. My uncle has seen black men's heads on stakes. You know, my mother had uh, books thrown at her and spit on every day on the school bus. You know what I'm saying? We I, we, we have never been persecuted for being Christians, but only black people know persecution. Yeah, and that's and that's something that um. It definitely needs to get highlighted on more, or right. people just need to stop being in denial of. Right. Because when we when we state that, oh, you know, I'm a Christian first, uh, we're being persecuted because we're Christian, and there's no there's no evidence no to back evidence. that up. None. So there's no evidence outside of you believing that you're being persecuted because somebody agree with what you said. Right. And that's not persecution. Persecution. <laughs> that's disagreements. Right. Persecution is a lot goes a lot deeper and is a lot more um a lot more dangerous than just oh oh they, these people these people are living a different lifestyle than I did than I do what did I go wrong oh but, uh, bro that's that's some that's some chump stuff right and um that's something that needs to be highlighted more and also a decision that needs to be made when it comes to people because when you um when you state that oh you know I'm being persecuted especially with black people. Um, it creates this, I, I, I want to say cognitive dissonance, because then you start thinking, I'm being persecuted be- for these, I'm being persecuted, not because I'm black, 
but because I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. But you forget that the person that's doing the persecuting to you is also but he's not. But they're not being persecuted, right? So what does that leave you? Right. There's two common themes. There's a common denominator in all of this. Mm-hmm. And there's Christianity. You both share those topics. You should both share those ideals. But that's not it, because he's Christian. He's not being persecuted. You're Christian, and you are. So what's mm-hmm. the difference mm-hmm. between person A and person B outside of their faith walk? Because the same person that's doing the persecuting to you is going to be the same person that's sitting uh, sitting with you in the pew when you go to church on Sunday. Praying to the same Jesus. The same Jesus. Reading from the same the Bible. Same, reading from the same book. Uh, adhering to the same holy days. Mm-hmm. But it's because you're Christian. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's just things like that where you start thinking more and more like, oh, I don't think that that's it's just that. I don't think right. it's that. I think right. it's something else entirely. Right. But people either choose to believe what they've been told over the years, mm-hmm. or sadly enough, they choose to ignore that portion. Yeah. Because to come to grips with that portion is going to be coming to grips with the fact that they're persecuting you because you're black. Right. It's not because of religion. It's not because of what you believe in. It's not right. because of any of it. It's because you're black. Right. And that's something that you can't pray your way out of. Right. That's something that you can't change. That's something you can't scrub off. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you can just simply say, I believe that I'm not black no more and I've been delivered. That ain't how it works. Right. This is essentially your um your token, your badge, your essentially your sign that is essentially this is what it is. No, and nowhere in America's history did they say that. Oh, yeah, you know what? We hung these people because you know they believed that they uh, they were Christians, so we wound up hanging them. Mm-hmm. They don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we hung them because they they adhered to this uh this sexual orientation. Oh, we hung them because of the... no, it was because you were black. Right. That's that's the first sign that they see. They, as soon as they see that, oh, you're black. That was it. Yep. <laughs> that was it. It wasn't because, oh dang, he got he's wearing that crucifix necklace. Oh well, yeah, let's go ahead and take him out. Wait, hold up. Is that dude is he is he quoting scripture? Oh man, this dude is quoting scripture. It wasn't because of the scripture that you were quoting. It was because black people weren't supposed to be reading. Mm-hmm. So um those are the things that I wanted de- to definitely highlight because it, it consistently People want to push off their blackness and try to adopt something else because they they expect that something else is going to save them <laughs> For physically. Interesting. <laughs> and, and that 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 goes into the lie of Christianity. And I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but we're just gonna keep going with what we're doing right now. Because one of one of the things that upset me. Uh, about the lie of Christianity is, and this is this is a fact. Kirk Franklin spoke about Athaliah Jefferson, and he he talks about this. He was cut out. It was either I think it was the Dove Awards. It was either Dove or Stella. I can't I can't remember. I think I believe it was the Dove Awards. And he said that that was the second time that he brought attention to police brutality amongst Christian people, and they cut him off. And I was talking to someone about this and, and I said that 
This is what black Christians don't understand. We've been told by white Christians, if we believe what they believe, we'll just we'll be just like them. But when the police kill us in the streets, none of that matters. What we believe doesn't matter. Botham John was a praise and worship leader. And the girl came in, in his house and killed him. He's a praise and worship leader at a church and came in and killed him. Athaliah Jefferson, also a Christian. These, these, some of these other uh, blacks who've been killed in the streets, they, they are believers as well. That does not matter. And then the white church doesn't say, hey, well, you know, police, you, you got to be careful about killing some of these black Christians. They say nothing because they know that it doesn't matter. See, to us, we were told that if we're Christians, then we're cool. We're just like them. But they know that no matter what we believe, if we believe the same thing that they believe, if we do the same thing that they do, if we go to their schools, no matter what we do, we will never be like them. They know that we don't. And so we try to assimilate to America and America's ways. That's all Christianity ever was. It's about us assimilating to this ideology, this, this lie, this white man's lie about getting into heaven, about what happens when we die. That started on the plantation. And we are practicing and believing things that was taught to us on the plantation. Turn the other cheek. So when somebody who, who's white kills one of your people, oh, just forgive them and pray for them. We learned Don't that mess on the plantation. That's Don't not what they did back. in the book. Right. Don't fight back. No, no, no. Fighting back is wrong. What would Jesus do? But what about this instance where he was fighting back? Oh, no, no, it's not it's completely different. <laughs> What about oh, when he said, if you ain't got a sword, go get one? <laughs> those are semantics. He was just, you know, he, they, they, you know, they just had swords back in those days. Uh, what about in the Old Testament where all of these people were fighting? Like, all of these people were standing up for themselves. You know, we, we don't even pay attention to that. <laughs> we, we don't even pay attention to the Old Testament. Uh, we only adhere to the New Testament. But we'll take Psalms and Proverbs, too. Well, what about in Pro what about the Psalms when he says that... Um, Essentially, these people are rising up against me and essentially to make their wives widows and their uh, children fatherless. Oh, that's metaphors. Met metaphors? No. <laughs> How do you, no. I don't know that you can't metaphor your way out of being a, a, a widow. Right. <laughs> and and what, what group of people has the most fatherless? Us. What group of people has the most widows? Us. Because black men, well, black men and women, but mainly black men, they target us. That goes back to the persecution. He said, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. That's because he called a people by name. He did not call everybody by name. He called Israel by name. He called the Negro man and woman who was scattered to the four corners of the earth. That's who we call by name. That's what the scripture is about. That's what the word is about. The word is our book. It's our history book. They told us we were Gentiles and they were the true chosen people. That's a lie. The scripture is very clear on that. All you got to do is read um, Genesis chapter 10 to find out who the Gentiles were. The Gentiles were the descendants of Jacob. They, went for, they were from Europe. That, that's all you have to do. It's very clear in the word that the persecution 
the salvation and the kingdom is not for Christians. It is for a persecuted, scattered, destroyed people. And when I look in the earth right now, the only people that I know that's persecuted, scattered, destroyed, torn down is the so-called Negro. Yeah. That was, that was a good little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we probably going to have to break that, break that uh, segment up, but that, that has to be addressed because it go it goes it goes hand in hand with the lies of Christianity. We have to understand that Christianity was taught to us by the same people who were oppressing us. If the right. scripture says in Deuteronomy 28 that you will be sold to your enemies as bond men and bond women. When I look in history, the only people who are sold to their enemies is us in this present day time. We were sold to our enemies. Do you know anywhere in history where your enemy gives you the truth? Anytime when someone who is your known acknowledged enemy gives you the truth. No. no. That's, that, that's not how that works. Nothing works like that. Yeah. And they have given us lies about everything. They have lied about our culture. They have lied about our language. They have lied about our names. They have lied about our identity. And they have lied about the creator who called us, who chose us. They've lied about all of that. And we as black people have passed these lies on without stopping and saying, wait a minute. Is 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 what we have been told true? Who told yeah, us me, that? Yeah, let me oh, fact check. Yeah. Who, who told us that? Wait, the same people who, who raping us? The same people who refuse to give us reparations that's justly due us. The same people who have benefited from slavery and are still benefiting from slavery today. The same people who are benefiting from mass incarceration, which is just one of the many forms of present day slavery. I mean, there are prisoners who are washing towels and bath cloths for 50 cents an hour. Yet the owner of those prisons is making buku. Now you tell me slavery don't still exist. And who is in these prisons? Black folks. Negroes. So these are the same people who gave us Jesus. These are the same people who gave us this truth. And this is why we, we keep emphasizing read the word for yourself. People say the word is a white man's book. That's the white man's religion. That's not true. They took certain scriptures out of the, out of the Bible and twisted them to create Christianity and gave it back to us. If you look at the word in its entirety, you will see that it is simply the Negro's history book. Yeah. Like, you will you see that. It's, it's too easy to see. Yeah, you can even point to um, what we spoke about earlier. Um, this was before the podcast started, when we talked about First uh, Thessalonians mm -hmm. and how they took the First Thessalonians 4 mm -hmm. completely out of context. And even um, when when we even get back into um, Matthew 19 or 1 Corinthians 15 and how essentially when you actually read those verses, it's like, yeah, that's not what that's not what we've been taught. Right. Like because um, you mentioned it's like in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verses uh, 50 to 54. And it says, mm -hmm. say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Right. Oh, I tell you a mystery. We shall all sleep, but we shall be 
that we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Mm-hmm. So the corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a, is a, is that a precept? Absolutely. Absolutely. Goes, goes back to inheritance. Goes back to inheriting the kingdom. That was showed to uh, the Israelites through Moses, and that was shown to the prophets that we shall be changed because we couldn't get it right here. Remember, Elohim told Moses, He said, Your people gone, he said, After you die, they're gonna get in, but then they're gonna do all type of wickedness, they're gonna turn away from my commandments. And when they do that, I'm going to scatter them. And it won't be until I send my savior, Yahushua, to come and restore them. That's when they'll come in and they'll be new and they'll be different. You know, and so we, we have to understand that all of the pie in the sky lies from church is, is simply misquoted scripture to get black people to believe in white ideology, in white Christianity. And white Christians know that even though black Christians believe what they believe, that we will never be the same as them. We will never be equal to them. They know this because they know we are a different people. And Elohim knows we are a different people. He called us. He chose us. He loves us. He doesn't love everybody. That's that's another lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he does. He doesn't love everybody. He lie. said he, he he the only nation he knew was Israel. Yeah. He said I love Jacob, and I hate his brother Esau. He said that he he's, ta- he's not talking about those people. He's talking about those groups of people, the ethnicities of Jacob, the Israelites. He said he gave up Ethiopia for a ransom for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like he's very very very. Very specific as to, hey, yo, I only love these people. Everybody else, I don't know y'all. <laughs> right. He he called only one people. And those that one people is us. And we forsook him. Our forefathers forsook him. And all throughout these years, we have continued to forsake him. But now he is starting to wake us up. Now he is starting to show us that what we've been taught in church, what we've been taught in school, these things are lies. And his word has still been true. We are still supposed to be keeping his laws, statutes, and commandments. What, We're still supposed to do that. that. That's a perfect segue into um, uh, Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. Um, right. And so, so what we're going to do, hold, hold on, is before before we do that, what we're going to do is we're going to end this segment. Okay. And then when we get into um, Matthew chapter 5, and some of the other scriptures about the, the, the law and the Torah, because we're going to show you guys that to get into the kingdom, you have to keep the law. You have to keep the Torah. You have to keep the commandments. We're going to show you guys that the Savior, Yahushua, he taught this. 
that Paul also taught this, that the disciples taught it, and obviously, you know, Moses, the prophets, they all taught it as well. That it, the requirement to get in is keeping the commandment, and faith is a small part of that. Faith is a, faith is a, a small part of that. It's not the faith that we just believe and we get in. No. It's the faith to keep the commandment. And so we're going to go ahead and end this segment. This segment was a bit, uh, we went on a bit of a tangent. I'm going to try not to do that, but we hope that it was beneficial. We hope that, um, again, you have more questions about what we've been told, what we've been taught, and bring these questions up when you go to church. Bring these questions up when you're in Sunday school, when you're talking with your pastor or your other church leaders. Bring these questions up because obviously there are some holes in what we've been taught. Obviously, there are some holes in what we believe as Christians. And we have to ask ourselves, where did this come from? The fact is, it came from slavery. Okay? And so we need to look at that, analyze that, and then go back and look at what the word said. Because at the end of the day, the grass withers, the flower fades, heaven and earth passes away, but his word will never pass away. His word will never change. And so we're going to talk some more about that and we're going to get into uh, Matthew chapter 5 uh, at the end of this segment. Remember, the most high is the truth. His word is the truth. But the church is a lie. Oh, man, I like that. I like that sound. That. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man, I, I wish I came up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going we to end this segment now. All right. <laughs> All right, we are going to get started with the second segment of the episode, Being Saved. Does, is faith alone the requirement? So the first segment, we went on a little bit of a tangent, but we hope, we hope that it was beneficial um, to you guys because we're going to constantly be talking about these lies, these lies that are in church, these lies that have been spread through our Christianity. So in the first part, we talked about the fact that eternal life is not something that happens to you or something that you receive when you die. It's literally something that is a coming in the future. It is the future kingdom of the most high that is down here on the earth. In addition to that, we talked about how uh, he's coming back, but he's not coming back for, uh, Christians. He's coming back for a persecuted, destroyed people who, when I look at the world around me and I look at history, that's the so-called Negro. But now we're going to talk about the faith requirements to get into the kingdom. Because we've been told all you got to do is believe. Believe with your mind, with your brain. You believe that he died and rose again. You saved. You're good. You're going to go to heaven when you die. You're good. And that right is yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's that's what I came up on. Uh, well, at least one of the things I came up on is is just, hey, you know, just all you got to do is believe and have faith, and that's it. The end. Uh, show's over. Go home. So we ended the first segment talking about the commandments, talking about the Torah and the law, and. You know, one of the things I heard in church, and not just my church, 
that I grew up in, but many other churches and many other Christians say uh, the law is done away with. You know, people will say, well, don't we have to keep some parts of the law? Well, the law is done away with. I, I kept hearing that term. The law is done away with. And so, yeah, same here. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about where that is in the scripture because I looked for it and I couldn't find it. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find anything that said the law is done away with or the Torah or the commandments, his statutes, judgments, anything that he gave in um, the Torah that it was done away with. And so, one of the first scriptures we're going to look at is what did he actually say about the Torah? And we're going to look in Matthew 5. All right. Uh, we're going to do this. What you want to do? Verse 17 through 20. Yeah. Matthew 5 verses 17 okay. through 20. And uh, where it says, and I'm sure that you've probably heard this verse mm -hmm. before. Uh, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the king, kingdom of heaven. And when I read this verse, back, like back when I was in the church, I was like, oh, okay, all right, destroy the bill. Okay, then. But, <laughs> But um, now, with pretty much new eyes and just looking back on just the, my mind regarding that, a lot of times I was conditioned into thinking that this verse said, don't think God came to destroy the law of the prophets, but to destroy. And that makes no sense because it's like when you when you hear that the law is done away with, that means it's, you know, it's destroyed. You don't have right. to do that anymore. But according to the Messiah himself, he says that, he didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. That means to bring to completion, to do what I said that it was. I was supposed to be doing in mm -hmm. this law, to come to a full, bring to its right. fullness. That means you can't bring anything to its fullness or complete anything if you wind up destroying it. That that doesn't make any sense, and that's not that's neither what he said. And definitely with the next verse. That whole concept of saying, oh, yeah, you know, the laws destroyed is done away with. I should just throw that out. Throw it out. Because it says that until earth, heaven and earth pass away, not one jot nor one tittle will, in no, will by no means pass from the law till all is Now, didn't fulfilled. we just read somewhere in Revelation when heaven and earth passes away? When does that happen? Uh, that happens. That's at the at end. The end. I believe that, that was Revelation That's 21, the like the, the, the last chapter before the last chapter of the whole book. It was the very end. So heaven and earth passes away at the very end. And if he said that the law, not, not, not one jot or tittle, jot or tittle simply means the smallest piece or the smallest um, substance. 
the smallest parts shall not pass away. So that means up until we literally get a new heaven and a new earth, the law is still established. Is that what that's saying? It seems like it. That's pretty okay, much what so I gathered from it. If we've been told the law is done away with, but here he clearly says that the law is not done away with and it won't pass away until heaven and earth is established new, and even then it won't pass away. But that's a that's another lesson about what actually happens when. Yeah the new heaven and the new earth comes down. Because when it happens, we change and he does something to us. But that that's in a whole bunch of different other scriptures. We're not going to get into that now. But the law does not pass away. So if he didn't come to destroy the law, did he come to tell his people not to keep the law anymore? Um, no. Why, why would he do that? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Told. That's what we've been that's taught. What we've been taught. That, that he, he, he came and he did the law. He, he came, he did it, he lived without sin so that we wouldn't have to. That's what, that's what we've essentially been told. And not in the book. Yeah. It's, it's not in the book. Yeah. It's essentially, um, he was the perfect sacrifice for all of our sins. That means that any sins that we commit uh, past, present, and future, he's already covered it. So that means we get into heaven. But if we just believe that, believe that he died for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The end. That, that's it. No matter what we, and that's what conditions us into thinking like, wait, so, matter, so no matter what we do, we can just get into heaven because this right. dude died for us. Yep. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> because that's a pretty broad yeah. spectrum that you mm-hmm. can do and I'm just covered because the common gripe is when it comes to this this thought process is so you mean to tell me that Hitler's going to get into heaven you mean to tell me that this mass murder is going to get into heaven you made to tell me that this mass rapist mm-hmm. is going to get into heaven all because they believe and they'll be like yeah well, uh, well actually no some people will just out flat out say yes if they believe Others will try and explain. Well, I mean, you know, well, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, but to your words and to mm-hmm. what you're saying, the only mm-hmm. requirement from a moral standpoint and an ethical standpoint, mm-hmm. that's wrong. You, you don't reward right. bad behavior, especially deplorable behavior such as those what those pe- types mm. of people did did or done so there comes a, a dilemma because it's like wait hold up now it, it comes across as this is just a morally a, a bankrupt mm. system if everybody gets in then there's yeah. no value there's no right. value getting in if everybody gets in and and that poor behavior is rewarded and that's what we were talking about last week in episode one when we when we said um when i said that i believe that that whole theory came from slavery we're gonna do this these wicked things to this people but because we say we believe we can get in the head and that has been taught and passed down to us i believe so that now 
that quote unquote slavery does not exist the way it did back then. But now we're living our lives and we're just doing whatever. Well, if we do these things, as long as we believe we're good, we're going to get in. Well, we're going to show you that the scripture is very clear. That's, that's not the case. Faith alone is not does not get you in. So first thing that we see in Matthew 5 is that he did not come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill or complete or spread. If you look up that word, it's what? It's, let, me, let me see if I can pronounce this right. In the Greek, it is plerou. I believe that's, that's how it's pronounced. But it, it literally means to make full, like what Is was saying earlier, to fill up. It also says to cause to abound. That means to spread. So he's saying, I'm not coming to do away with the law or the commandments or the prophets. I'm coming to spread the law and the commandments and the prophets. And so if he came to spread it, why do we say it's done away with? That's, that's, there's a problem there. Now, let's go to verse 19. So whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. So right there, we understand that in the kingdom of heaven, there are going to be levels. There's going to be levels and ranks in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Right. And keep going. Let's see. Uh, whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is what we need to focus on here. Verse 20. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. That implies that you have to have a certain level of righteousness if you even want to get in. So right. the whole he's he's breaking it down just in this scripture. We're going to show you some more, but he's breaking it down just in this small section of scripture. It's, it's more than faith. Your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees or at least what the Pharisees were doing back then. So if your righteousness falls short of that, guess who's not getting in? <laughs> Whoever's righteousness falls You're short of that. In. So, man, it's almost it's almost like uh, the Messiah. Man, this this whole concept of everybody getting in is like, uh, I mean, I know for a fact that I know that there, there's some quite a few people yeah. who ain't righteous. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of breaks up that concept of that everybody's getting in mm -hmm. as long as you believe. Because just because you believe right. don't mean you're righteous. And the thing about righteousness. Is can you hear me? Okay. Nah, so for whatever you. reason it cut me out. Okay, so um oh. we were talking about righteousness. So the thing about Yeah, the thing Yeah, we we're talking about how righteousness is right standing with God. We've heard that in church. That is true. But what does that mean and what does that look like according to the word? So the precept to that right. is found in Deuteronomy chapter six. 
And I think it starts, I know it's at verse, uh, I think it's 25, verse 25, but I think we should read a little bit before that. Um, let's do... Let's start at verse. Yes, I want you to read this. Okay, let's start at verse 24. Yeah, let's just do 24. Yeah. All right. So, and God commanded us to do all these statutes to fear him for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we guard to do all these commandments before God as he has hmm. commanded us. So verse 25, it it shall be our righteousness. The New King James says, then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before Yah, our Elohim, the Most High, as he has commanded us. So if we look at the Old Testament, we see specifically what righteousness is. It is observing the commandments of the Most High. That's yeah. what righteousness is. That is literally what righteousness is. It is literally to keep the commandments of the Most High. And here's how we know this. If we go to... First John chapter three. Because this this is a very important section of scripture that many people gloss over. So I'm going to start at verse four. He says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness because sin is lawlessness. Now, if you look up that word. That word literally means to break the Torah or to break the law. So he is saying right. that sin is literally not keeping the commandment. That's literally what sin is. So if we say he was he came to take away our sin and in him there is no sin, that literally means he came to take away the fact that we can't keep the Torah. Because that's another line, church. Well, we can't keep it. That's why he came to do away with it. No, that's not true. We can keep it. We yeah. haven't been taught to keep it. It's just that. Right. And people, a lot of people back then didn't right. want to keep it. <laughs> that there was nothing wrong with the uh the Torah and the and the covenant right. that was brokered. Mm -hmm. He just broke it. And and that's and that's why essentially we have the woes that we're that right. we're experiencing today because we broke right. the covenant. A lot of people tend to think that, oh yeah, the old testament was the old covenant, but the new testament is a new covenant. That's not in the word. Exactly. <laughs> it is it's not it's right. a renewed covenant. Nothing wrong with mm -hmm. the original covenant. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. How do you how do you how do you make something perfect more right. perfect? You don't. And so that's why um, it's called the mm -hmm. Brit Hadashah. It is a mm -hmm. renewed covenant, not a brand new covenant. It's nothing new. It is just a return to what was already done, a return right. to the old. 
and bring you into the covenant that was already established right. before you broke it, but well, before the people broke it. Right. And what we need to remember is that if sin is literally breaking the commandment, then righteousness is literally keeping the commandment. And so you have to have a certain level of keeping the commandment, even if you're going to get in, according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. And so if we look at that, that's the first, well, those are the first set of scriptures that we have that point out getting into the kingdom requires keeping his commandments. Now, let's look at the next set. The next set of scriptures is John chapter 17, verse three. And this talks about eternal life. So remember, we built, we, we established what eternal life was in segment one and how it plays into us getting into the kingdom, our salvation from the trials and tribulation, the persecution of this earth and this world. OK, so he says in John chapter 17, verse three, and this is eternal life. So he's going to tell you what eternal life is that they may know you the only true Elohim and your son, Yahushua, whom you have sent. So eternal life literally means to know him. Now, what does the scripture say about knowing him? Let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. He says, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if eternal life means I know him, but if I say that with my mouth, yeah, I know him. I know him. I believe he died. He got up. Yeah, I know him. He Lord of my life. Yeah, but I don't keep the commandment. The scripture calls you a liar and the truth is not in you. So once again, we have another example that faith alone is not enough. You have to do not something. Enough at all. That that's pretty I mean, plain as day. It don't get more straightforward than <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. We've been conditioned to saying I know him. And John essentially said, it's not mm -hmm. enough to just know him. If you don't know mm -hmm. and do. You don't really know. I mean, it's like that old saying to know and not mm -hmm. to do is not to know. I mean, that's pretty much where this stems from, I guess. <laughs> now, now to not come to think of and, it. And for you to for you to just simply say that I know him, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not enough. Like certain things that you have to do to prove that you know him, certain things you've got to go through to prove that you know him, to prove that his word is true, to prove that these laws are perfect to prove mm -hmm. yourself to that standard that he knows that you can that you mm -hmm. can strive towards and, and that proof is a requirement and we're going to show how it's a requirement and that it's a hundred percent connected to the law so in the first segment we talked a little bit about or is i think you don't want to talk about it um john 4 16 where when the Savior said, I am the way, Yusha said, I'm the way, the truth yes, and the I'm life, the right? No man enters the Father but yeah. through me. We've been taught that that means that the only way to get into heaven is to believe that he is who he is. It's not what he's saying. 
He's literally saying, if you want to get into the kingdom, I have to approve of you to get in. That's literally what yeah. he's saying. People think like it's like the um the analogy that I used in the last well, in the last um recording. People are thinking that uh the Messiah is waiting for you right. in the VIP section of uh, just waiting for you to get in. Not realizing he's that he's the bouncer <laughs> that has to approve right. approve you getting in the club in the first place. Right. He he's the one looking saying, Nah, I don't I don't think you're worthy. Because I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at what yeah, you I, did. I'm looking at your fruit. I'm looking at your righteousness. I'm trying to find it, and I really can't find it. Now, why did he say that he is the way and the truth? And the, let, let's let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's put the whole scripture into his context. Let's go to John 14. We we got to put this whole scripture into his context. All right. So let's start at verse one. Let not your heart be troubled. So this is this is uh, Yahushua talking to his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be you may be there also. And where I go, you will know. And the way you will know. Thomas said to him. We do not know where you are going. And he said, how can we know the way? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What he is literally saying when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's literally saying, I am the law. I am the Torah. I am the path. If you follow me, I will. You will come into this life. And we're going to show that in the scripture. So he says, I am the way. We need a precept. It's what's the precept for him yep. being the way? Let me um no you. Okay. It'd be best for you to do that. I, I thought I thought you had it written down. Okay, I, got you. Uh, I think that was um, uh, Psalm one nineteen. So go to go to Psalm one nineteen and verse one. Read verse one. Uh, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the Torah of God mm -hmm. or the most high. So go ahead. And let's see, because a lot of this stuff is in what, because the truth is also in, um, uh, Psalm Psalms mm -hmm. 119, mm -hmm. 142. Let because this verse is so massive. Yeah. It, like, it's taken. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Now I just came across something okay. else on the way there. Here we go. Psalms one nineteen thirty. Well, Psalms one nineteen verse thirty through thirty two. Um, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto your testimonies, O God, and put me not to shame. I will run the way of your commandments when you shall mm -hmm. enlarge my heart. So again, we got another example of how the, the the way and the truth is his Torah. If we go, I think it's down yeah. a little bit. 
to well not a little bit i think it's down to uh verse 142 let me see yeah mm-hmm. it's 142 because i'm along the lines of me trying to get to that verse i'm yeah. finding more verses like verse 43 and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth for i have hope in your judgments so shall I guard your Torah continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I mm-hmm. seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, it will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto your commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate in your status, right. in your statutes. That's why I'm like, there's a whole, this is literally a whole verse praising right. so, his so all of <laughs> psalm 119 like we could we could read all of psalm 119 and it would just simply be saying we need to keep the commandments his commandments are wonderful his commandments are awesome but the thing about what yahushua said was that i am the way the truth and the life psalm 119 and other psalms and proverbs things that are in the old testament point out that he's literally saying that his torah is the way his torah is the truth Psalm uh, 119, verse 142. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law, your Torah, is the truth. And then Proverbs yep. uh, chapter 6, verse 23. The commandment is a lamp, and the law a light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So when he's saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's literally saying, I am the Torah. He's literally saying, I am the law, which is the same thing as the word. We know that the scripture says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh, loaded down in verse 14, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory full of uh, the one who was full of grace and truth. We, we know that he said he was the word, but we don't realize that the word is literally the Torah. The word is literally the laws, his laws, his statutes, his commandments, his precepts, his judgments. That's literally what he's saying. So when he's saying this is who I am and this is the way in. He's saying, if you really say you believe in me, you have to follow this. You have to follow me. Follow me as I follow my father. Right. What did he say to his to uh, the Pharisees? He said, you do not know the father because if you knew the father, you would recognize me. He came down doing the Torah. He came down keeping the commandments. He came down doing everything that the word says he was supposed to do. But the only ones who recognized him was his disciples because they knew the commandments. The Pharisees, they, they, they knew them, but they didn't keep them. They didn't keep them with their heart. And it's interesting because he said in Matthew 15, he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far far from from me. me. And that is what we have in Christianity today. We have a people who honor him with their lips, but their heart is far from him. And in vain, they worship me, he said, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Christianity is a man-made doctrine and commandment. Because it teaches us to do away with the commandments of the Most High. When it's clear from Scripture that the keeping the commandments of the Most High 
is what gets us into the kingdom in the first place. It is, and there is a deadline, and that mm-hmm. deadline is forever. And last time I checked, uh, right. forever has no end date. So that was so that's where I'm like, and it, that's even that even comes with like when we get into mm-hmm. holidays later on. Because of common critique, whenever you bring stuff like this up is, well, um, they used to right. do that back then, but we don't do that now. But if there's not script, like scripturally, mm-hmm. that's incorrect. Because if I've established this thing as a sign for you guys mm-hmm. to do forever, or you guys to mm-hmm. obey forever, ever and ever, there's no end date. So when did he say, "All right, you guys can stop doing that and right. you can start doing this"? When he, when did he ever give us authority to mess with what was already there or what he right. already established? And hey, yo, this is what I want you guys to right. do forever. I don't want you guys to. He never, he never stated that. You know what? Um, this law thing, you know, that was my mistake. Um, you guys, I'll just take this away and you guys just do something else. Right. He never said that. The, like he stated before, the law was perfect. David himself mm-hmm. said the law was perfect. Moses said it. The prophet said it. All of these people have said it. Yet now and now, essentially a millennia later, we have been conditioned into thinking half of the book, that stuff, they don't even know what they're talking about, even though we're, we're quoting them. And what the Messiah said is incorrect. We're going to correct what he meant when he said that, oh, you know, he came to destroy but but to fulfill. Oh, he fulfilled it. That means that we don't have to do mm-hmm. all that stuff anymore. It's not what I said. Nowhere does it say that he said that. And it's just a, a blatant disregard of the sacred text that people claim right. to believe. But like like what uh, my, the Messiah said, it, but they really believe mm-hmm. the doctrines of men. They see after what other people do or what other mm-hmm. Elohims do because they just simply don't want to mm-hmm. do his law. And that it, it, it'll be best for you to just be straight up and say it. That way people will actually know that, okay, this is where this is. I don't want to mess with this. But the deception yep. runs so deep within the, like within the doctrine, within the church, saying that Oh well, we're spo- we're of this Elohim, we're of this God, but we ignore everything that mm-hmm. this God tells us that we should do. It runs completely mm-hmm. contradictory when he takes one thing and you expect his followers to do right. what he says to do. This is one thing, like I know this is oh, another tangent. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, but that's this is something that I noticed uh, whenever I was like um reading like studying different cultures different religions um the the things that um that they that you they're, they're common things in each religion each um culture they have an elohim that they serve a sacred text that they um that they have certain laws that they follow and you just pay attention to what the followers do and mm-hmm. also holy days that they ascribe to when you when you pay attention to those things their Elohim, their holy days, their sacred texts, and their laws, then their followers should be adhering right. to all of those things. 
we like you consistently hear Christians bash other religions, but like when you look at other religions, for instance, uh, Muslims, they believe in Allah, they read the Quran, they adhere to the holy days, they adhere to that text, and you see those followers mm-hmm. doing all of those things. See without fail that goes for Hinduism, that goes to Buddhism, that goes to any other religion. But when you when you circle back to Christianity, the unique thing about it is they say that they believe in the God of Israel or the Elohim of Israel. But when you read the book, the they don't adhere to the um the sacred text. They actually edit the sacred text so much so that it's even hard to essentially get all the information right. back that was taken out. You actually got to do a strenuous amount of research just to get the proper context of what it is that the text is supposed to be saying because there were verses taken out or mistranslated mm-hmm. purposely or otherwise. And we'll get into that later. Then you look at the holy days. You look at the holy days that's listed out in the scripture, completely different from the holy days that was essentially mm-hmm. taught to us. And I'm sure that people had questions about that. Trust me. Trust me. We're getting it. We're going to get into that. But um, then you look into just how the followers are. And you see the laws and the laws and the commandments that we're taught to do in the scripture. But then you look at the doctrine and the doctrine pretty much says we don't have to do that. We, we, we don't have to do that. We just have to love them. And then we just have to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And we don't even do that. Yep. So, so you essentially look at a followership who is essentially mm-hmm. a group of hypocrites that run contrary to everything that this God says and wants his followers, his mm-hmm. people to do. And I, I want I want to stick a little bit with that that word hypocrite because when I when I look at America. America is a nation that practices all, that says all these things. We're a nation of freedom. We're a nation of opportunity. We're a nation of justice. We're a Christian nation. But then when you look at its practices, its practices are corrupt. They are deceitful. They are unjust. And they are, um, they disenfranchise certain people, black people. But they say, well, we, we're this great nation that does all of this, but yet we do something different. The church, in my opinion, has taken on that characteristic of America. We say, oh, we love God and we believe in what his word says and we follow his word. But then when I look at what is done, those are two different things. And we have to be careful that what we are doing lines up with his word. And what we are telling people lines up with his word. It is dangerous to tell someone that to get into the kingdom of heaven, all they have to do is believe. That is dangerous because it's not in the word. It's not there. It is dangerous to tell someone that his law is done away with when he never said that. He never said that, never gave that commandment. It's, you talked about, um, you know, some of the scriptures that have been changed and some of the scriptures that have been um, taken out and removed and stuff like that. You have to do your own research to figure out 
what has been changed, what has been added, what has been taken away. You have to do your own independent research. But the scripture is very clear about what happens to people who do that. He's very clear in Deuteronomy, what happens. He's very clear in Revelation, what happens if we add or take away from his word. And my question is, who is the ones who added to his word? Who are the ones who took away from his word? They are the same ones who created Christianity and have convinced black people here in America that this is the truth and what we're supposed to believe. We have to be careful who we follow. We have to be careful because at the end of the day, even though his word has been tampered with, even though some names have been changed, the fullness of the story and the message that his word is trying to convey is still there. And that message is we have to keep his commandments to be delivered from trouble in this life and to get into the next one. When he sent his son, he did not send his son to do away with his commandments. He sent his son to reinforce his commandments. He sent his son as an example of the commandments. And we're going to show you one more scripture. Well, a, a, a couple more scriptures where he talks about how doing his commandments is required to get in. Let's go all the way to the end of the book, Revelation, talking about getting into the kingdom. We're going to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read verses 12 through 14. Now, this is what Yahushua is saying after he has returned. So John is watching a vision of Yahushua coming back and executing judgment on the earth. He's not coming to bring us all together. He's not coming to bring us all together. He's coming to execute judgment because of the sins of the earth. And as we can see, there's nothing but sin in the earth. And remember, sin is breaking his commandment. And all Christianity is that is spread throughout the world is teaching to break his commandment. So let's see what the word says. And behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. That goes back to the inheritance, his reward. To give to everyone according to his work. Did he say to give to everyone according to his faith? No. Did he say to give to everyone according to their belief? No. Nope. Was it according to how many church services you go to? It's not. It's about your work. And what is the work? The scripture will. Say it as we read. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm in verse 13, the first and the last. Check me out. Verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments. That is the work. Now see what happens to those who do his commandments. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. So he's saying that your reward is going to be based off of your work. And if you do his commandments, you'll be blessed because then you will have the right to the tree of life. Where was that at in the Wait, scripture? Hold up, hold, wait, hold up, hold up. You mean I actually got to work? I gotta, you got to work. <laughs> I, I, it's not just me believing no. that. I thought that was all I to do. There's a work you have to do. <laughs> what? There, there is a work that you have to do. But I sang in the no, choir. That mean, that, that, that's not is the that, work. Is that, work? That, ain't, that ain't got nothing to do oh, with the commandments. <laughs> what, what about ushering? Can I do that? That ain't got nothing to do with the commandments. 
Oh, dang. Hey, check me out. Even prayer. Ooh. Oh, Even oh, dang. Prayer. I was in my prayer closet the every other day. day. Prayed every day. I gave it to the church. Ain't that enough? That none of that stuff. None of it gets you in. What do he say? The commandments that they have the rights of the tree of life. Now, what's interesting about that? The tree of life was first talked about in Genesis. After yeah. Adam sinned. Now, what did Adam do to sin? Was it that he ate the fruit? Eating the fruit was not the sin. The sin was he disobeyed the word. He disobeyed, he disobeyed the he commandment. Disobeyed. That's the sin. And what did Elohim say? He said, send Adam out, lest he partake of the tree of life and live forever. He said, if Adam, if you partake of this tree of life, you will live forever. You will have what? Eternal life. And Yahushua saying that only is reserved for those who keep his commandments. Now, here you go. You know, people, because I've spoken with people. A, go ahead. Yeah, that's actually a deep, a deeper lesson. Yeah. Because um, it, it's just going just a brief thing because I wanted to get back into this because um we har we consistently harp on the apple mm -hmm. we we consistently harp on oh dang he like that was the first sin he wasn't supposed to eat the tree of knowledge and that was the first sin. that wasn't the first mm -hmm. sin it was because he disobeyed yep. him he disobeyed the law that was yep. given and then he casted him out because it's like you said he didn't want him to eat of the tree of life because if he ate of the tree of life in his unrighteousness, mm -hmm. then he will be condemned forever mm -hmm. in unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. So he had to cast him yep. out. Absolutely. And the thing about his commandments is that you know, people say well, we're supposed to do all because it's like 600 of them. We're supposed to do all 600 of them. What, is, what did he say in Matthew chapter 5? He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisee. Because if you read the scripture, and that's why we keep saying read the scripture. Read the word. Read, Go read the commandments. Go read Leviticus. Please. Go read Numbers. Go read Deuteronomy. Most people have never read it. Go read Exodus. Read what they are so that you will know what they are. Because he said, are, unless your righteousness exceeds that. Right. Because most of, most of you are pretty much doing some of it. You don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, we, we, but we don't know what his commandments are. Right. And so half of it is loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, so if, if you're not doing that, you need to make sure that you're doing that. That's, that's half of it. The other half is loving him. And that's a whole other lesson on what that looks oh, like. Yeah. Because definitely led astray by that. In, 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 yeah, in church, you know, the whole you should have no other gods before me. If you are in church, you do not know, many of you do not know that you are worshiping oh, other okay. gods. Well, okay. we, we'll get into that later. That's, that's coming oh, later. Man, I can't wait for that. oh, I that's that's going to come later. But that, that's an example of what you need to know as far as keeping his commandments. Now, are we supposed to keep all 600, whatever? If you read the scripture, he's very clear. Keep what you can with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. 
he's very clear. Your level of righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisee. But we can't keep every single one. He said, keep everything that you can with your whole heart. He said, if you love me, you will guard my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, for this is the love of God that we will guard his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. They are not grievous. Yeah. And honestly, those are just excuses. Be because yeah, absolutely. You, you complain about the laws that the Most High gave, but you obey laws every day. You obey thousands. How many laws do we have here? <laughs> how many laws? How many laws is just in the, the, the city of St. Louis or the county St. Louis County? Thousands how many? of laws <laughs> that you that you adhere to every day, whether it be from driving, whether it be from mm -hmm. just living, whether it be from getting online and searching different mm -hmm. things, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be just freedom of speech and what to say. There's so that's thousands of laws that you you obey and adhere to that you don't even realize that you obey and adhere to. There's some laws that you're breaking that you don't even know that you're mm -hmm. breaking. Yep. So oh, it's too many laws. No, that's not the issue. The issue is the condition of the heart. Well, I'm sorry, that's not exactly true. The first issue is knowledge and understanding. Because we're doing this podcast for black Christians who believe that we are supposed to be in church, who are supposed to be believing the things taught in church. And that's not true. The word does not say that. The word does not say that the most high was a Christian. The word does not say that Jesus was a Christian. The word does not say that the disciples were Christians, nor the prophets. Not only does it not say that, they did not practice the things that Christians practice. No one in scripture practiced Christmas. No one in scripture believed in the cross. Yeah. That's, that's another lesson. We'll get into that later. But no one in scripture did the things that we do today in church. Yes, they prayed. Yes, they gathered. But the practices and customs and things that we do and believe in church, they did not do those things and believe those things in the scripture. And saying, well, that's what we do today, where you just change his word. You just change what he said. And he said, it's judgment for those Love of it. us who do that. So we're doing this podcast to, to help bring people to a place of repentance. This isn't a you doing this, you doing that, you need something. That's not what this is. Speaking personally, when I found these things out about what we believed in church and how it wasn't true and the things that we was doing in church that was not pleasing before the most high. I cried on my dining room floor and I prayed and I said, please forgive me. I didn't know. Please forgive me. I didn't know that these things were wicked before you. I didn't know we weren't supposed to do these things. I didn't know that I missed this understanding. I, did, I didn't know these things. And Elohim had mercy on me. The same way he had mercy on me, he will have mercy on you as well. But you have to look into these things so that you will know what's true right. and what's not true. Most people in church just know what they've been told. Ask them how many scriptures they know. Ask anybody who said they're a Christian, do you know 10 scriptures? And you can't use the ones everybody teach in church. Genesis 1-1, John 3-16, Psalm 23, Romans 10-19. Can't use those. Any other scriptures. Just 10. They can't give them to you. Yeah, all, all the ones that said ones. in church. Yeah, you can't you can't say them. You need to name the scripture and where it's located at. Well, I can't remember all that. You can't if you studied the word. You can if you studied the word. The point behind that is what you believe is literally based on what you've been told. It's not based on what you know. And that's why you have to question what you've been yeah. told. 
and you have to look into the word for yourself and then make an yes, informed decision. Make an informed decision and teach please, your kids that too. Go ahead. Just to tie it back into the lesson, because there is a punishment for that. If you are essentially just going about yeah. this, just to continue on with Revelations 22, uh, with verse 15, mm. outside of the kingdom, yeah, yep. outside of the city, so mm -hmm. it says, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and the murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. That's it. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Anybody know want to know why we're doing it? It ain't because the, the church hurt us. <laughs> it ain't it ain't because we mad at church folk. It's because we don't want our people to be outside the gate because they practice a lot. That's that's why that's why we're doing it. That's why we're not taking no donation. That's why we're not monetizing our podcast. We've already been asked to uh we've already received a, a sponsor request. We're not taking it. The reason why we're doing it is because our heart is for the people of the Most High, so that they will see their sin and repent. He said, cry aloud, spare not, show my people their transgression. He showed us our transgression. He showed us how we were practicing things that were not pleasing to him. He showed us that in his word, and he showed us that in the certain things in Christianity that we do that we don't know are not pleasing to him. And it's just common everyday stuff like communion. Like communion is not, he, he never gave us communion. Communion is not the Lord's Supper. Those are two different things. What we call the Lord's Supper is literally Passover. Communion is something entirely different. And if you do your research, you will see how wicked it is. It is a wicked custom and a wicked practice that we don't know. But we do it just because it's what we've always done. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's all about repentance. He wants his people to repent and turn what? Back to him to keep his laws, statutes, and commandments, which is what his son taught us. And so um, we at we at the point where we're gonna get into Paul, but I think we're gonna stop okay. it right there. I, th I think I think we're gonna stop it right there. So um the next episode is going to be basically salvation part three where we debunk the myth that paul taught that the commandments are done away with that paul taught we don't have to do anything as far as works we don't have to keep the law and paul did not teach that the, the one thing that we want yeah, to stress ahead. on this lesson is that a lot of people who claim that they're christian aren't Christian, well, the people who claim that they follow the Messiah don't really follow him. They follow Paul. And even then, mm -hmm. you still got it wrong. Because most likely, yep. that's not what he said. That's not what he meant. And instead of, and essentially, you don't have a proper foundation. Right. Absolutely. Paul, Paul was going off of precepts. Everything Paul talked about was in the Old Testament. So we're gonna we're gonna do that next week. But as at this point, uh, we're gonna start to shut this uh, podcast down. Is did you want to say anything yeah. about the lesson? Yeah. Add, add look, anything else? Um, 
it's important to get the whole story. It's important to get both sides. We've for for the longest time we've been essentially taught one half. Oh yeah, we um all we got to do is follow the law. All we got to do is follow the law. All we got no no no, that's not even what we were taught. We were taught all we got to do is faith. All we got to do is have faith. All we got to do is have faith, and anything else is just that stuff over there that's just the frilly stuff we don't even pay attention to that and to know that there's an entirely different component to this walk that we've essentially just pushed to the side is a crime it is a crime because people um deserve to know the whole truth if this is a walk that you truly want to take once you start this journey of actually keeping the laws things are going to change like that mm. that is something that I can't stress enough. When he when he states that you will be persecuted, that is not a front because once you actually start keeping the commandments and actually seeing these things, for perfect example, simply just celebrating Passover, I get so many questions of are, are you why are you celebrating Passover? Are you Jewish? No, I, it, it's in the it's in it's in the Bible, like <laughs> like I, I don't I don't understand why is that such a foreign concept? But you got to think that we've been conditioned into thinking that that stuff is just there, that stuff is just in the book. But we're supposed to be doing something else. But the cog the sheer amount of cognitive dissonance that we've been indoctrinated in is just vast and just also at the same time baffling. You, are, you have conditioned the people to read a book and then do everything opposite of what the book says. We, we essentially philosophy the book, just treat the book as if it's philosophy while simultaneously saying, hey, yo, the book said, oh, they celebrated Passover. Oh, this is what they did during Passover. So for our Easter service, we're going to be doing this. And it's like, right. we're learning about Passover feast of eleven bread, but we deliberately do other customs, do other mm -hmm. things, taught mm -hmm. other ways, while the and this com runs completely contradictory to the word. This is why we started this because we wanted to break down this thing because so so many times. So I'm I know I they, I'm speaking personally. I had questions that remained unanswered while I was in the church. I had questions that I was afraid to answer because I was afraid of looking, being looked at as an outcast or just a person that just asks different questions. And I'm just trying to cause, no, it's because these questions were, have been on my mind and they, they just never went answered. Or the answer that they gave me mm -hmm. ran contrary to what I read, or it was pretty clear the answer that they gave me was BS. And it's like, I'm not right. accepting that. I'm, I'm going to do this. Right. So that's where that's why we we're what we're coming from. We, like, don't take mm -hmm. our word for it. Read the word. Read the word for yourself. Seek out right. that information. Um, look in the Blue Letter Bible, the Strong's Concordance, uh, Concordance. Look in the Zondervan Bible Dictionary. Seek out this information for yourself. Don't because uh, we're not going to be the type mm -hmm. of people that just say do do your own research and just leave you out on a ledge with all this information and nothing to hold, nothing to uh, grasp, nothing for you to essentially. Right sink your teeth in you're just out here on the cliff uh saying what do i do now no that's not that's not what this podcast is here for that's not what our intentions are and that's not what we're going right. to be doing read this word for yourself right. we're going to give you the um 
the verses to read and just dig into it even more. Dig into the books that you haven't even touched. You know for a fact that the church don't even go go over. You see the word Obadiah and you just like, why haven't we read this? Any other books in the word that you know for a fact that you never read and they never went over, read those books. Or even the books that you have gone over, but you know for a fact that you've only gone over certain chapters, but not other chapters, read those chapters. Get the full understanding of what it is that you're reading, as opposed to what's been spoon-fed to you. All right. Um, last thing I want to say, um, if you're a listener and uh, these things uh, resonate with you that we're saying. Uh, we encourage you to share this stuff with, with your pastor. Um, share share this stuff with um, your friends who are Christians. Um, they, they might think something wrong with you. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But our, our prayer or our, our hope is not that necessarily churches are destroyed. That's not what we, what we want to do. What we want to do is spread this information out so that enough people come to their pastor and that their pastors look into this stuff and they begin to teach this stuff to their congregation. Um, that, that's, that's what we want because at the end of the day, we, we have got to look at what we were taught and see that it was a lie. You know, we, we just believe what was taught from us over time and it came from slavery. It came from our oppressors. It came from our enemies. Those who hate us, who, who destroy, who destroy us, and who destroy these people, you know. And so, at the end of the day, uh, that's that's what we want, you know. We, we're not trying to offend. If if we do offend you, that's that's not our our desire. Our desire is to share with you the word, what it says, and it's to ask you to look at what you're doing in church and compare it to what his word says. Look at what. You've been told in church and look at what his word says and just ask yourself, do the two match? So until next time, remember, the most high is true. His word is true. But the church is a lie. Peace. Y'all take care. Peace. Yes. Yeah. Biden won.